I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oh yeah, 15-2. and And our defense, I think, is top three in the league, as well as their offense. And I'm not even out there yet. Think about that. Really think about that. I'm more motivated than ever as well. And I want a championship so bad, more than anything. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth, from BetQL. Welcome back. Becky Deli presented, as always, by FanDuel Sportsbook. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll dive back into NFL Week 12. Games we like, line movement, some significant line movement for this week. The three games tomorrow night, of course, with the um, tomorrow with the Lions and the Bears and the Cowboys and the Raiders and the Bills and the Saints. So back to the NFL, Ed Egros will join us as well coming up. His thoughts on NFL Week 12, but... Aaron, the voice of Clay Thompson, big night in the NBA tonight. Some great games we'll dive into here. Clay Thompson participated in his first full practice since his Achilles injury, his ACL. I mean, this has been a long time now. We're talking about over two, two years for Clay Thompson. Yeah. Uh, and boy, that Warriors seems so good as they are right now. If they can incorporate Clay back, and I, I don't expect him to be the Clay of old right away, but if he can be, you know, whatever, a, a decent percentage of the player we remember, that team. Just adding that kind of shooter and defender to that team, it makes them, I mean, significantly better, and they're really good right now. Yeah, and just getting them back's got to give this team a boost as sure. well. Just, I mean, they're going to be so happy to have him back. We were talking, um, you know, how would this affect Steph Curry's numbers though, too? Um, sure. But you've got to, you've got to imagine they're going to manage his minutes, and you know, I don't have high expectations in terms of how much he's going to play to start, but. It'll certainly be fun to have Clay back. It will. Let's talk some NBA here. Our guy Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. He's joining us on the Roman guest line to talk all things NBA as we head towards uh, well, a critical juncture of the season. We're about you know, 18, 19, 20 games in. Coaches are getting fired already. Trade rumors are happening. And Clay's on his way back. Jake, welcome to the show. We were just discussing Clay Thompson, first full practice, and uh, what it would mean for this Warriors team. They're the favorites right now in the Western Conference without him. If Clay is back and he's somewhat like the Clay of old, uh, should they be the overwhelming favorites in the Western Conference? I, I do think they're the favorite. I think, you know, the Warriors, from people I've talked to on that team, they're not expecting Clay to come back and be an all NBA player. But obviously, they've been patient with him. Um, this has been a two year process with multiple injuries, and I don't think they'll bring him back until. And they really do think, and he really does think, that he can be a consistent uh, contributor on, on the court night in and night out. And if that is the case, even you know, 80% Chris, uh, 
Clay Thompson from from what he was in the past with that type of shooting ability, the gravity that um, he could further uh, apply on, on opposing defenses on the three-point line and the defensive ability he brought uh, to guarding um, other teams' elite perimeter players. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry right now, is the, I, I think, would be nearly close to a unanimous MVP just like he won back in 2015. And uh, the Warriors seem to be a, just a wrecking crew as they've torqued kind of the league so far to start this season. The Knicks squandered a big lead, but were able to hold off the Lakers last night. Tonight, the Lakers three-and-a-half-point underdogs at Indiana. What are you expecting in this one? You know, it, it's a clash uh, of two teams that are certainly below their preseason expectations, right? Where the Lakers have championship aspirations. The Pacers, they move on from a pretty tumultuous head coaching situation with Nate Bjorkman last year. Um, they bring on Rick Carlisle, and now, you know, there's still a couple of games below 500. The pairing of Miles Turner and Demonis Bonus hasn't really been as smooth as, uh, you know, the front office would have hoped. I, I think. Um, you know, both of these teams, I, I don't have any real expectation of, who, of what to happen, but I think <laughs> the outcome of this game will be very impactful for both of these teams where they move forward, being that, um, you know, Frank Vogel's name has certainly been mentioned in, in, in coaching circles as a name to watch for being on the hot seat. And I think the Pacers right now are one of the more likely candidates around the league to make a trade of an all-star caliber player um, at this point this season. Are Jake, people already throwing around names of who might replace Vogel? That's interesting. Um, not really. It's, I mean, there's, there's an obvious internal candidate with David Fisdale on the bench, um, who previous head coaching experience worked with LeBron in Los Angeles or, or in Miami. Um, but no, for now, I think it's more of like a situation where you know he was going to be a lame duck coach entering this season. Uh, if they didn't offer an extension. And he only got a one-year extension. Um, and this is a guy who obviously led the Lakers to a championship. So um, I think people are just kind of reading the tea leaves and piecing together all the information and, and, and speculating that if the losses continue with this win-now window that they're in, building around LeBron James, despite the front office's uh, culpability, I think, um, in, in the roster they've built, um, yeah, there's definitely people around the NBA who are starting to look at Frank Vogel as one of these potential uh, next coaches that could be gone here. Wow, that's big, that's big news. I mean, we get to this point in the season where the uh, the coaching stuff starts happening. You know, Luke Walton got got knocked out of uh, Sacramento. We're also getting to the point now where trade rumors start to pick up, Jake. And, and you're always uh, great on those. And um, you know, teams that might reshuffle and figure out what they have after 20 games. Says, all right, we got to we got to blow this up. We got to change things. We need a new mix. Let's talk about Philadelphia, Jake, a team you're familiar with. They're waiting on the the Ben Simmons situation. Uh, I don't know, resolve itself for him to either show up or uh, I don't know where that's going. I just don't think he's ever going to play for the Sixers again, but it's a matter of what they get back, who they target in a possible trade. And Jake, what I want to ask you is the rise of Tyrese Maxey here in the absence of a lot of players in Philadelphia, including Ben, do you think that changes how Daryl Morey approaches what he wants, what he gets back, what he targets in a potential Ben Simmons deal? I don't think it's dramatically changed the situation. I think it just further has played into Daryl Morey's hand where they have stared back across the table at Rich Paul and Ben Simmons and Clutch Sports and said, you know, we are not going to move you until we have a deal um, in return that brings us back someone of your caliber or pieces back that, um, that, that keep 
our championship window around Joel Embiid at the same literal analytical possibility. I mean, that, that, this is a this is the executive that kind of spearheaded that, the basketball analytics movement, right? And that, that is a legitimate aspect of this situation. They, they have a list of 20 to 30 players that they would take back for Ben. Um, and I think the only real dynamic with Tyrus Maxey is I think he probably was more available in, in these theoretical conversations entering the season versus now. I, w- I would o- I could only foresee Philly parting ways with him if it were to bring back someone like a Damian Lillard or a Bradley Beal, like a real bonafide all NBA type of talent. Um, aside from that, you know, he, he just, he's done enough to keep this team afloat and they're still 10 and eight and right in the throes of the playoff picture, um, which is only further adding to Daryl's ability to say to Ben and, 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 and Rich Paul, you know, come back and play with us and show everybody what your value really is. And then we'll be able to help you get out of here. Looking at tonight's slate. I love it. Uh, Nets at Celtics. Celtics uh, plus one underdogs. Who do you like in this matchup? I would probably take Boston. Um, I mean, uh, sorry, Brooklyn. Um, I, I think Boston. You know, they, they've won a couple of games here. They're, they're back into you know the winning side of things. But I still think at the end of the day, and, and they've played the Nets close throughout this Kevin Durant tenure. But at the end of the day, um, the Celtics. I mean, the, the Nets just seem to have obviously so much more firepower offensively. They're, they're far deeper than they were last year. Um, and I think this is a, a good opportunity to take a road dog here. Jake, uh, another road dog tonight that I find interesting, Miami. They've been one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, really putting together a nice season. I think they have a real chance to make some noise in the postseason. They're getting a point and a half tonight against a Minnesota team that's up and down. Your thoughts on the game and the big picture on the Heat? 12-6, and six, um, the best point differential right now in the Eastern Conference. This Heat team feels to me like a sneaky title contender here. They are. I actually, you know, I don't gamble on the NBA, uh, but my brother is a huge fan. And I, before the season, I, I remember the Heat, at one point, they were, they were plus 800 to win the Eastern Conference. And I was just telling him, if I were a betting man, I would put on a ton of money on Miami in those preseason odds. And, I mean, they, they're clearly one of the top teams by record so far. The only thing I'd put a cause for concern here tonight is that um, the, the Heat are in the throes of a road trip here. And the Timberwolves, like you said, they are up and down, but they're up right now. They won four straight. They seem to have found a, a pretty solid winning combination, this new starting lineup with Jared Vanderbilt at the four and bringing Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell together in the backcourt um, around you know their two scoring stars and Anthony Edwards to Carl Anthony Towns. New uh, head coach Chris Finch has kind of found you know, a pretty winning, winning formula of late. Um, they haven't really knocked off a team of Miami's caliber, so I'll be curious to see this would be a good test for them. Uh, but if, if you're a huge Heat fan and want to kind of ride them and put money on them tonight, I think that might be a fair stay away, being that Minnesota is kind of on a, a pretty strong streak here. What are your thoughts on the Jazz? Because I love betting on Rudy Gobert to get a double-double and the Jazz to win. I was so upset. They struggled against the Grizzlies the other night. Um, now they're at the Thunder tonight, minus 12.5 favorites. <clears throat> Should I... Excuse me. <clears throat> Should I go back to the well? Rudy Gobert double double in a Utah win. The Thunder have outperformed expectations so far for sure. I mean, two wins against the Lakers or something that no one was really expecting, right? And and, and they clearly have designs on trying to rebuild. Um, the Thunder are just what the doctor ordered. If you want to 
ride Rudy Gobert's stats and, and hope that the opposing team can get a victory. So, yeah, I, I would certainly uh, – I mean, Utah's got – championship aspirations as much as any. They were the best team in the league last year from start to finish. Obviously, fell short in the playoffs, but they bring back pretty much everyone from that unit. Um, yeah, I, I, I would I would feel pretty confident in Utah this evening. <laughs> Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report joining us here, talking some NBA and some early season trends and um, where the value is. Jake, who's been the most impressive rookie for you? Right now, I'm looking on FanDuel Sportsbook. Our audience uh, can check it out. Cade Cunningham plus 270 to win Rookie of the Year. Scotty Barnes plus 300. Evan Mobley plus 310. Jalen Green plus 470. They're pretty bunched up. There's not a, a um, at least in, in the market here, it's not like one is the overwhelming favorite. Who's impressed you the most of, of those four rookies so far? Who's impressed you the most has been Scotty Barnes. I had high expectations. Um, he's a super long, rangy athlete. He's got pretty much every skill in the bag, it seems like. But if, if, you're, if you want to look at it from the terms of actually winning the Rookie of the Year award, um, I mean, Toronto's ahead of Detroit in the standings, but I think the Pistons, um, you know, they, from everything I've heard around the league, they have a clear directive and goal of trying to be more, of trying to be more competitive this season. They have aspirations of, of getting into that, uh, that, that playoff conversation, that play-in tournament. And Cade is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands more often than not in the throws of the fourth quarter deciding those outcomes. And we saw that that's a formula we've seen in the past with, you know, John, I'm sure you remember Mike Carter-Williams' rookie year very well in Philadelphia, Tyreek Evans in Sacramento. I just feel like um, it's, it's his uh, award to lose just based off of the usage rate and the opportunities that he's going to have to put up a lot of numbers this season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm curious your thoughts on the Suns. Um, does their success um, ride on the health of Chris Paul? Uh, what is your take on the Suns team and the success that they've been having so far this season? Yeah, and they've won 13 straight games, right? And I think, uh, I mean, they went to the championship last year. They were two games shy of taking it all. I, I, I'm a Suns believer. I think they're going to be a legitimate contender here for years to come as long as they're able to secure the Andre Ayton um, in contract negotiations this summer. Um, I, but I do, I do think Chris Paul is obviously a key element. And he's 36. He signed a three-year extension this summer, so he's involved for a while. I'll be curious to follow them. They're, they're playing at a much faster pace this season than they were last year. I believe I saw Michael P. in that Sports Illustrated this morning. They're up to fourth in the league in pace when they were down in the bottom half, so the bottom ten last year, playing a much more methodical pace. I'll be, I'll be curious to see if Chris Paul can kind of withstand that type of you know running scheme throughout a full 82-game season. But for now, heck yeah, they look awesome just like they did last year. They've got a ton of shooters, a ton of two-way defensive wings. 
I'm a big fan of Phoenix and what head coach Monty Williams is doing down there. Quickly here, Jake, um, the Nets back, and we talked about the middle earlier about their game tonight against the Celtics. They're back up to number one in the Eastern Conference, clearly do, obviously doing that without Kyrie Irving. We don't know if that's going to change. But James Harden started this year and he was struggling, and he couldn't get to the free throw line. And, and the new rules were seemingly affecting the way he played and, and how he scored his points. You know, last six games, you see the uptick, 15 free throws, 11, 12, 20 attempted. Do you think James Harden has passed his issues here and it's now time the Nets are going to get rolling? Yeah, I, I think there, it was a, a two-factor situation with James in the beginning. One, he looked very out of shape to start the season, and um, that was probably going to change all along, right, as, as they played more minutes, as they got into the, the throws of the season. Um, and I think also a lot of coaches and executives I talked to at the early off of this year were kind of expecting the officials to regress back to the mean a little bit in terms of the foul calls. And they're still cracking down, and we're not seeing as many bogus, you know, rip-through type flailing around half court and throwing up and you get three shots. Um, but I think Harden was talking earlier in the year about kind of being unfairly targeted by officials and not getting those calls. I think there was a little bit of truth to that, and that, that might be also a factor in why we're seeing him get to the foul line a bit more here of late. Great stuff. Jake, we appreciate hopping on. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. You got it, Joe. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, guys. There he goes. Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, was on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash Becuel now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash Becuel. We'll dive back to the NFL week. 12 games we like. Line movement, including a big one that we haven't touched on yet this week in the AFC North. We'll hit that next. Becuel Daily presented, as always, by FanDuel Sportsbook. 